Welcome to the Comfortable in Chaos Podcast. Podcast. Strangle your demons and let's go. Y'all need Jesus! Why drink the water from my hand? Contagious as you think I am. Boom, 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 boom. Boom, 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 boom. Black Buffalo in. Courage is up. Welcome to the Comfortable and Chaos Podcast. I am your host, Eric Helberg. On this day that we celebrate in honor of the Reverend Martin Luther King Jr. We have no special talents here, man. I would tell you that (laughs) Martin Luther King Jr. would tell you the exact same thing. He would just simply say, we're passionately curious, passionately curious about all things pertaining to men How in the hell did we get here? And for MLK, how in the hell had we gotten there during the 60s? And where is it that we want to go? So let's talk about that. It was after... No, let's begin here. The Civil Rights Act was signed in 1964. We are now in 2024, 60 years. Are we the same America today as we were 60 years ago? It's a good question. I remember listening to an interview by Don Lemon. He was interviewing Morgan Freeman. Now, of course, Don Lemon... He's an African-American, and for the sake of our show, we will say black. We know that there is some ancestry there. Some people may still readily identify with the fact of being African-American or simply saying black will suffice. Although my son, as you have heard in previous episodes, did our ancestry DNA. I'm approximately 7 to 8% African-American. Uh, And that becomes from the Sicilian heritage, the Moors conquering Sicily, etc., etc., etc. I mean, hell, if that were Native American, I'd be eligible for a subsidy of wampum and maybe, I don't know, some free casino chips these days. Okay. So Don Lemon, making how many millions a year? Not only black, but gay. I've already done an episode on that too, who my uncle was, where I took part, all of those good things. If that is your propensity, your ideal, your feeling, roll with it, man. But don't go out like Don Lemon and because you have celebrity-like status and think you're above reproach, which you're not. Be goosing guys in clubs, grabbing their package, all that good stuff, and then come try to give us a moral equivalency of something? You're a pampered soft man, Don Lemon. No one respects you. We know who you are. 
And that's why when Morgan Freeman answered you, you were in shock. Yeah, you baited him several times. What about racism today? What about this? Morgan Freeman just simply told you, how did you get to where you are, Don Lemon? How do I get paid millions per movie, Don Lemon? When you constantly talk about something, you enshrine something. You talk about a problem that perhaps may not even be here anymore. Are we the same nation as we were 60 years ago? Where we were fighting through the problems of slavery and our past history? Now, did it take courageous people to hold people accountable? Absolutely so. But what makes that different in America than any other place in the world? Now, you can be in an urban center in our great country. You can be perhaps in the South where we have population density amongst ethnic groups. But on the whole, give or, few, give or take a few basis points, African Americans or black Americans make up 14% of the populace in our great country. So am I going to go rolling up to the most far reaches of Alaska, get with an Inuit population, and tell them about LGBTQ, whatever the hell, rights? Or are we going to talk about issues endemic to the Inuit? It makes no sense. So Morgan Freeman said, no, I don't believe that there's racism here in the country. That interview was conducted right after President Obama had just concluded two presidencies. Has an African-American influence affected and permeated every aspect of our great nation? Who is being held back? Unless groups are being pitted against one another at present. We know that after slavery, it morphed into what? Sharecropping? Sharecropping still goes on today without any chance of ownership for groups in our nation. I've already done an episode on migrant farming. Half my wife's family's from Mexico. She grew up as a migrant farmer. Yeah, in the agriculture and the industry. Picking oranges, hoeing sugar beets, glyphosate being poured on her, lightning coming down on her, extreme temperature changes, weather all over them. And there's still migrant camps with fences around them all throughout Washington State, California. Those are the ones I'm familiar with where I have seen them directly in the Rio Grande Valley of Texas. It still goes on every single day. We still need food to eat, right? I don't see African-Americans in that chosen endeavor any longer. Why is that? We're not talking about the other. Okay, let's get off this moral equivalency stuff. It's gone berserk. In 60 years, we have changed. What needed to change at that time? 
Well, after the sharecropping, it morphed into what? Jim Crow prohibitions on voting so that voices within the black community could be adequately counted, right? And they could select their own leadership who could represent not only their interest, but the greater interests of large, of American citizens. And we can go back and say, okay, well, if we go all the way back in that lineage, we didn't have a choice in being here. That may, in fact, have been the case way back when. And we can say the British Navy was the biggest and the baddest on the planet at that time, but it sure was. But did they have a skilled army? Because their army was very small at that time during the proliferation of the, sh- of the slave trade. So did we have a skilled army in the British Empire? And then you can get into other European countries that were well-versed in plains fighting, desert fighting, jungle fighting? Or did those ships just simply come to the shore and people within that continent brought people to those shores so that those countries could then pull those people away? Horrific, yes. But no one was going into the interior from these other countries to capture people. Put your thinking caps on, people. That's why we haven't won a war in God knows when. Did the best military in the world go into Afghanistan and defeat that nation? We got our asses thrown out. Did we go into Vietnam and defeat that country? We got our asses thrown out. No one goes into any one country. Decimates it and takes it over. Tell me one. So no one went into different countries within the continent of Africa without being aided and abetted. It just didn't work that way. So there's the past. Okay. So now that we are here, we certainly need to remember that past and all of the horrors, but we don't have to repeat any of it. Can you control the past? Anyone here listening to my message right now and or myself, can I control the past? You can certainly control the present. You can work on what is here and now, the present, and make it better. And that's why the great Martin Luther King was killed. It wasn't because he was sympathetic to people of his same color. And I'm not going to say he was prophetic. To me, that denotes something biblical. If he believed that about himself, he wouldn't have become a Baptist minister. Most of his fellow pastors turned their back on him of the same color within the Baptist convention. Why? Because they were apathetic. They were already comfortable with their status quo. Much like black and white pastors today, they are comfortable. And when you are comfortable, you die. It's no different than when you're taking fire. If you sit still, you will die. You can adjust by movement. You may still die. 
you may still run up against overwhelming obstacles, but at least you are doing something. There is some confrontation. You are moving on your own behalf, so you can adjust accordingly and try to get in a position to end the threat to you. Dr. King saw all that. He understood all that. The reason he was killed is not for helping his own race. We'd already finished World War II and had gone into a period of abundance unlike the world had ever seen. Propped up largely by those war efforts. War is good business. War gets industries churning. War turns out jobs. Why the hell we're building up the defense industrial base, what they're now calling it in Ukraine? Munitions factories are going again right now because the rest of the economy is in shambles. But if these defense contractor stocks are all going through the roof and we have ancillary jobs as a result of that war in Ukraine, well, guess what? Same thing with COVID. You can take that small niche segment of the economy and say it's doing well. And while it is going up exponentially and the rest of the economy's in doldrums, it kind of staves it off. And when the news presents it, they can tell you we're actually doing okay. It's not as bad as you think. So MLK was a visionary. Did you know he cared just as much for oppressed or poor white people as he did his own black race? That's what got him killed. After that period of prosperity and into the 50s and then into the 60s, the chasm between haves and have-nots was also growing exponentially. This tyrannical government that does not represent its own people started representing more and more smaller factions and special interests that were more concerned about lining their greedy pockets at the expense of the regular man. And it wasn't the regular man just being a black man. It was all men. And it has continued in that trajectory to this very day. And so in that respect, Martin Luther King, who was a student... Everyone wants to be a master these days. That's why most motivational people and podcast people are full of shit. How many of them have ground and grinded and become masters within their own realms whereby they have gotten better at students? Students. My friend Ming Ahmad. He himself, an African-American or black American who went to West Point, served in a couple of campaigns, has the 820 podcast. He calls it sway, where you get into the flow. Think Tiger Woods making a great shot, right? For me, it's like when you're working out, you don't feel the pain anymore. And you can just go on and on and on. You're in that flow state. You're just digging it. You've got to stop your own self because you feel so good. That's because you have mastered yourself in the course of being a student of yourself. No student is greater than the master. 
So stop trying to aspire to be one. That's one thing that MLK did recognize. His knee would bow down to the Lord God Almighty and His Savior, Jesus Christ. That's our only master. Now, was he flawed? You can't look at a search in its totality of a man. If there's a great man out there, I want to know what made him great in this fleshly, worldly realm. But I also want to know where he was fallen. I'm fallen. That's how you learn and you tact. That's why we have a Bible. It's just a book of fallen men. Haven't you ever heard the adage, don't meet your heroes, you'll be disappointed? You think Michael Jordan, the greatest basketball player of all time, had a great family life? Shit, no. I think the guy was an abhorrent husband and father. And look at all of his proclivities. You want to emulate that for your life? In your quest to become the greatest? I think not. Now, Out of respect for Dr. Martin Luther King, do I need to talk about what the FBI uncovered? F no. It's out there. Does that make him any different than Trump who said, grab him by the... Does that make him any different than John F. Kennedy, who I thought was a fantastic president, loved America? I think Martin Luther King loved America. I think Trump loves America. George Bush, mm, both of them, I think they loved what America gave to them. I think they loved the system that they could play. Bill Clinton, actually, I think Bill Clinton did love America. Very flawed guy, though. Barack Obama, no, I don't think he loved America. He loved how he could fool Americans. Okay, but I digress. But these guys were on to something, especially JFK. He knew that power was concentrated in too small of an area. He went to war against it, and he paid the ultimate price. MLK recognized that power was in the hands of too few. He saw a vision that America could be united. But sickos like J. Edgar Hoover, the longest tenured FBI director ever while he was wearing his panties and grabbing guys' asses, was blackmailing and compiling information about anyone that, re- that had achieved anything of prominence. Why? So he could hold on to power and help dictate policy. MLK wasn't killed because he was helping black America. He was killed because he was uniting all Americans. So fast forward to today. That simply cannot stand. And now you have people of color telling you that people that are not of that color are your enemies. Hell, even Tupac said, why the hell should I, and I'm paraphrasing, Why should I fear the white man when it's black men killing black men? That's something Barack Obama conveniently forgot within his own town of Chicago. 
You have factions now, and it's coming from the pulpit even, that are telling you that your enemies are not who they exactly are. They are this same tyrannical government that MLK recognized, and that is why he was killed. We've come a long way. Every ethnic group in this nation has contributed now. Every group of people, regardless, remember, Civil Rights Act of 1964, whatever religion, color, creed, has contributed. We are all one homogenous nation. It needs to be governed as such. We need to recognize it as such. Why don't we recognize it? Because we're simply comfortable around our own people that make us feel comfortable, whatever that is for you. It takes a special person to go outside of his or her group and to find out what this other group is all about. And then you realize how much you have in common, and then the fun begins. That's where growth occurs. That's where humanity is spread. Martin Luther King Jr. had that ability. And he would have continued in that ability had he not been snuffed out. Just like John F. Kennedy before him. And I'm going to tell you this. Despite his flaws, MLK was a man. And you want me to tell you what the components of manhood are? And this comes directly not from myself, but from a Dr. Orion Terabin. You want to check him out? Go to Psychax. He's all over YouTube. In fact, we've corresponded. And he says, as long as I give credit where credit is due, I'm all good to talk about what he talks about. So it ain't about drinking bourbon. Yeah, I've tried to be a man doing that. It ain't about hunting. Yeah, I've tried to be a man doing that. Um, it certainly ain't about meeting women and whatever the hell you choose to do with them. Yeah, I did that way back in the past. Okay. It ain't about being a badass at your job and pleasing the man. Yeah, I've, I've tried to do that too. To take the spirituality out of it, you know what it requires to be a man? To simply have a spine and to simply have a pair of balls. And I will tell you that Martin Luther King Jr. had a spine because he was willing to stand up, cast a shadow, i.e. let his presence be felt, stand upright and erect. And you know what the balls do? They advocate your positions. They advocate your beliefs. And then does that mean that you are such an ignorant stalwart that if challenged... You just double down and tell them that these people are cretins, idiots, morons, whatever? No. And that's what's happening now. All this divisiveness. You simply say, okay, here's what I believe. And then you listen. You're willing to listen. And you know what? Maybe your beliefs aren't founded on quite the bedrock you believed. Maybe you were simply relying on other men's opinions because most men don't know what the hell they believe. And that believe, and that actually pertains to most of our leaders. They don't know what the hell they believe. 
It's regurgitated to them by someone else and or a poll and or by the people who bought their ass and or by people they do not want to offend. So they swirl around and around and around and they can't ever get their head straight and tell you what they actually feel or believe. Have some balls. And if you are willing to have that spine and that pair, then you can listen to what anyone else has to say. And you know what you can do at that time respectfully? You say, I understand where you're coming from, but I still don't believe that. And here's what I believe, and this is why we're going to move forward. Dr. Martin Luther King was more than willing to do that. Our leaders today, why don't you take a page out of his playbook. Stick with it. Stop promoting division. And let's be one nation, one people. And let's work on doing good. So until next time on the Comfortable and Chaos Podcast, I bid you bon voyage, my burgeoning flock. Until next time, like and subscribe to the Comfortable in Chaos podcast.